Well, I just can't wait to be sinking. Every movie ever made with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. Welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we do just that. My name is Gareth Blackler, and oh, I'm picking them up and I'm raising them in the air above <laughs> all animals. It's my co-host, James Barron. Hello, James. Hi, it's me, the little lion cub. <laughs> I'm so cute and adorable. I'm the I'm the the one that everyone follows on the podcast. I'm the future generation. <laughs> Does that mean you're like you're my mentor, my mentor mandrel? Um, yeah, okay. I've always been your mentor mandrel. <laughs> Oh, I like that dynamic. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm shocked this is the first episode where you've called me as such. I've been, you know, pushing for that. <laughs> Every time we, like, take a break on the show, I'm like, you haven't called me your mental mandrel all episode. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I record a- every episode dressed as a baboon, and you do nothing about it. Well, that that can't be helped. <laughs> I'm the plucky young upstart cub, and you're the wise old monkey who takes care of me when I've lost my way, Gareth. Because um, oh. this week it's the Lion King, 1994, <laughs> one of undisputably one of the best movies ever made. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> widely regarded as, as a fantastic flick. One of Disney's best, I would say, as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Would this be your favorite Disney movie? Oh, man. That's a tough call, honestly, because mm. they do have a lot of bangers. Um, mm. Pixar movies notwithstanding, do they have yeah. to be like straight up Disney joints? Yeah. Straight up Disney joints. They're not like, you know, obviously when we say Disney movies, we mean the Disney musical cartoons that all- we're all under the understanding that they fall into the same, like, bracket. But no one's no one's ever told me, like, oh, you know, um, Marvel doesn't count or, like, Touchstone Pictures don't count. It's yeah. All, like, yeah. I would say it's definitely up there as, like, probably probably my number one. There are, there are quite mm. a few other ones that I enjoy. It's tough, like, discounting Pixar because I feel like that's sort of where Disney's moved into these days. Like getting a lot of that, that joining there has brought yeah. them a lot of power, I would say. Yeah. Um, Although they're moving out very well into their own world again. Like It's true. Um, I'm the last person to tell you that Encanto is amazing. But oh, yeah, yeah. Moi. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably the best of the original, like the original Disney classics lineup, I would say. Mm. Uh, Lion King's number one. There's like, there's like, I don't know, like. Pinocchio, Dumbo, those ones, 101 Dalmatians, oh, yeah. Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, another banger, I would say. Probably, yeah, same kind of era as well. Yeah, 90s. probably like my number two, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's definitely like critically regarded as a fantastic film, I would say, mm. with few detra- yeah. few detractors. Um, yeah, it kicked off what people call the Disney Renaissance. Yeah. And it's also like, uh, this is something I've overheard. I like, I'm not confident enough to say this to someone who really understands theater, but apparently Broadway in the nineties was real rough because all the good composers got snatched up by Disney to wow. like, make movies like this. Oh yeah. Soundtrack yeah. in particular. in this is like off the chain. Like, oh yeah. So many fantastic songs to the point where they've like extended out beyond the history of the film like Hmm. can you feel the love tonight um being like taking on a will of its own (laughs) i would say outside (laughs) of this movie um yeah just like 
a whole bunch even like the circle of life intro is like yeah so iconic uh man it's just it's just chock full of bangers like yeah. start to finish so and it's only six songs or something like seven songs yeah which okay so i had the lion king cassette and nice yeah banger after banger but it's only the first half of the musical numbers and the second half is just Hans Zimmer's score oh yeah which honestly i'm pretty sure we listened to that half just as much this is one of his like this is one of my favorite Hans Zimmer scores by a long while. it's really good yeah yeah but we ain't uh, hearing any of that we replaced no. <laughs> it all with 1973 magnum opus the dark side of the moon by pink floyd band by the way recently back um <laughs> oh. hot news on the pod um recent reformation uh briefly for a protest song um mm. which like for um ukraine and what's going on there um pretty cool that they're <laughs> that they're back where i'm expecting to see some kind of spike in relevance for our show <laughs> we've been playing the long yeah, we game we don't know what to do with that <laughs> i have no idea yeah <laughs> We will beef that immediately. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, yeah. We won't be covering that uh, new Pink Floyd song, at least not for a while. But um, yeah. But cool. That, c- welcome to the fold. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you enjoy this weird show. <laughs> we sing every movie ever made with, with mm. The Dark Side of the Moon. Let's let's talk about that now, Gareth, shall we? With this movie, The Lion King. Yeah, Absolutely. Just quick, quick aside, Lion King, first movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh, wow. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure when it just came out as well, like oh, 94, I got taken by my dad. Lucky. Got to eat sour worms. Very strong memory of those. Wow. And Very yeah, cool. I'll be adding in some of the color commentary I provided as a child, <laughs> as an adult now on this podcast. As colorful as those sour worms, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. I, I so didn't good. see this in the cinema, but I do remember owning it on VHS and the mm. VHS being incredibly well loved. It had a, a red container. Red is the yes. African plane. Um, it did. And, yeah, it just set it, out, like, set it aside as the, the best of the VHSs among our collection, <laughs> I remember. It's just, it had its own thing going. And, mm. yeah, definitely uh, well watched, well leafed. Um, through uh, to the point where the VHS got pretty badly damaged by us like rewinding and replaying this over and over again. So there you go. Did you ever see The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride? I think I did once. Um, mm. I don't remember it at all. Um, but I, I know for a fact that it's nowhere near as good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's that beautiful Disney era of um, make with the classic john generation defining genre defining too movie mm-hmm. and then just churn out some director video sequels <laughs> it does have a complete and utter banger with a song about how the other animals don't like this one lion and it's like oh, it's got like a rhino singing like deception <laughs> disgrace <laughs> well, that's so good. good i'm on board with that shout out to that rhino and shout out to a girl in our high school music class who like rearranged that song on piano and performed it for us wow so cool man good memories (laughs) that's awesome okay yeah Yeah. no i've not seen not seen it at least in a while so i Mm. I don't know as as far as i'm aware they aren't canon um so we aren't going to be at least not on this podcast so yeah 
Yeah, I'm I seeing... feel like we should lay the table of all the different Lion King uncanon versions because I feel like they're all going to get in some way mentioned. Did you see the 2019 quote unquote live action Lion King? No. So I actively ah. refused to watch it. Um, ah. I went and saw the um, the Jungle Book remake um, yeah. in live action. And I believe that after that, they did the Beauty and the Beast as well. And Beauty and the Beast, not bad, honestly, as, as mm. in, in terms of live action remake. Jungle Book, also okay. Doesn't thing about it is it didn't need to happen. None of them no. feel necessary <laughs> and they sort of feel like they're just like a huge waste of money. Um, and that they're retelling the same story in a like less inspiring and interesting way. The CGI really takes away a lot of the charm. And for The Lion King especially, where all the characters are animals and yeah. uh, for, the, for the remake, they're, they're all CGI photorealistic animals speaking to each other. It really, it doesn't have anywhere <laughs> near of the same heart to it. Mm. And- so, yeah, I haven't seen it because I kind of don't want to. I don't think it would. <laughs> I feel like it might ruin the story for me in a way. Um, ruin the magic of this of this original. So, see, um, the thing is, it's kind of Disney's 2019 story in a nutshell is it's so worried about ruining your quote unquote ruining your childhood that it mm-hmm. takes no risks and falls yeah. completely into like, why does this exist territory, a la Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. I think I saw it on my birthday. Um, and I'm such a Lion King stan that, it, for me, it was like, it was like if I got to go see a Pink Floyd cover band. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, play the exact notes exactly how I remember them. Why yeah. not? I'm going to have a good time. That's um, fine. Yeah, it just it took no risks. Nobody really... Like, no shade on the, like, amazing actors and performers they got in it. No one was trying, except for Billy Iker as Timon, who put in, like, four movies, four movies worth of effort. Hell yeah. He was improvising. He was, like, nailing the singing. He's coming up with, like, alternate lines. Billy on the street. And his little meerkat is so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Billy on on the Pride Lands. Yeah. Oh, mate, shout out to the so, boy yeah. then. Good good on him for putting in the effort, putting in the work. Yeah. But it was like if I saw a Pink Floyd cover band and, like, their second drummer, the guy, like, just doing the cymbals and the weird percussion was, like, crushing it. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah. Throwing in some fills that have you going, like, oh, okay, I mm. see what you're doing. That's cool. And everyone else is just playing exactly <laughs> what you hear on the CD. You're like, yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> They're all dressed as Pink Floyd, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're just sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is just a recreation of Pulse. <laughs> yeah. Wow, shot for shot, just a couple more, like, yeah. animal shots. <laughs> this metaphor's getting confusing, but speaking of live, did you, have you seen The Lion King on Broadway? No, I would love to, though. Um it's uh, like from what I've heard about the the Broadway Lion King show is that they had some fantastic like uh, co- like all the set design and costume stuff was mm. really really impressive. Um, I've seen some of that um, background behind the scenes kind of stuff. I haven't seen the oh, show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, from what I hear, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. 
So, so that is like that has a purpose of existing, is because yeah. it's done with these amazing puppets and costumes. It's a different medium, like entirely, mm. really. Which I guess what the CGI thing is also doing, but like it's it's interesting and in telling the story in a different way, right? Like having it like this sort of um, live action, not live action, like um, performed and with the puppets. Uh, mm. it, it has a, another layer of charm, a similar layer of like artifice that an animated feature has from the 90s, you know? Um, yeah. I wonder, is there anything less, like more thankless than being a CGI animator? Because like- Yeah, true. It, like there's no doubt what they did for The Lion King 2019 was amazing, but like everyone is just so unimpressed and they all just want to point out when it's bad. It's like going to a magic show and just trying to figure out how they do every trick. Well, the thing about um, it is, right, yeah. like, it, it, it's not the CGI's fault that the Lion no. King, the recent Lion King failed. Is that because it was uninspired to begin with. Like, as you say, they aren't trying to do anything new or interesting. They're just retelling mm. the story with, like, a different animation style, which, sure, fine. That's okay. Um, and I, from what I can tell, the CGI isn't bad. It's not like no, not it looks all. like awful. In fact, most of them like genuinely do look photorealistic, which is very, mm, very difficult really cute. to do. Yeah. Um, so like, as far as like a technical, uh, showing, it's very impressive and very good. And like from like the CGI should be applied, applauded, but like as a concept, like for a film it's just so grossly unnecessary the lion king mm. holds up so well today like mm. there's no there's literally no reason to remake it you know it's it's pointless <laughs> it's, yeah. it would be it would be if they remade the lion king and were like hey why are we doing this at any point people <laughs> people would have shot it down you know there was yeah. clearly no one saying what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> no one asking if it was a good idea. They're just like, yep, we got to do it. We got to renew the license. Got to keep yeah. it going. Disney money, baby. That's it. Like, yeah. it's, it's very sad. It's a sad story, I think. Mm. But. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of long, complicated endeavors, where at any point if someone had asked, why are you doing this? And they've all <laughs> fallen down. Should we do our podcast? <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's jump on in. Oh, God. Here we go. O opening title. Speak to me. It's here. You know the drill. Big Disney logo. Disney Castle coming on mm. in. Um, in. In Disneyland. I don't like. It's just the Disneyland castle, right? This isn't from something. Is it supposed to be the like Cinderella's castle? Like where she goes to the oh. ball? I don't really know. Like, is it? Is it exist outside of like the Disney canon? As yeah. like, and what came first, the logo or the Disneyland castle? Like I don't it know, right? Exist in anything else? Yeah, it's. I don't. I'd have to do some research into the into the history yeah. of that. But if uh, you know, let us know, listeners. Um, yeah, that's the best kind of research. Yeah. Someone just telling us, <laughs> please. Oh, the easiest. Um, so <laughs> this movie has a truly iconic intro with the sun rising over the African plain and. Mm -hmm. um, the the intro with the song uh the circle of life coming in this is like this african um call like the like lyrics in african coming in it's just so powerful and so awesome um all the, yeah. the animals gathering um for the birth of the king's son they're gathering at um pride rock uh which is this awesome looking uh edifice of stone um mm. yeah it's sweet. It just as an intro, like, I feel like 
it's one of the most iconic intros to a film of all time easily like yeah it, you instantly get this like i watching it back um for the podcast i was like i had my like heart in my throat as soon as i heard that like opening call like, oh, so then, yeah. i was like oh yeah here we go yeah <laughs> movie rips um yeah it's such a weird intro for a kids movie as well no dialogue for the first four minutes or so yeah just watching animals get summoned it's yeah. very it's as you're saying it it does feel very 90s like there was a 90s kind of eco vibe like i have a strong strong memory of a music video that would play after the cartoons on saturday mornings mm. and all it was was like cool nature shots and like essentially drum and bass and it was Whoa. like kids were just eating it up because we were yeah. like yeah this is what we want animals animals are sweet <laughs> animals are sweet it's like sink Floyd review it's one of the coolest things about earth is that we have like a million different animals and all of them are awesome <laughs> like hell yeah brother it's like yes. it's such like a contrived and like kid-like thing to think about but like it, it's definitely transportative to be like thinking about man animals are fucking cool it's oh. like like being a kid and being obsessed with dinosaurs as a concept mm. being like oh yeah these massive lizards used to roam the earth before before people were around like that as a concept is fantastic and like yeah. this movie taps into that same kind of thing like jurassic park taps into the dinosaurs are awesome and mm. are real and cool um yeah lion king taps into that same thing as being like animals are sweet like they've got their own world going on and we're yeah. just we're just like around that it's so cool it's it's oh. very fun <laughs> dinosaurs are cool is just a subgenre of animals are cool as well like, for sure oh man you're so right and especially kids movies that's why finding nemo will always be more successful than shark tale is finding oh nemo is interested in showing you animals exactly like, yeah, whereas Shark Tale is like, this is essentially people, but we've turned them into oh, we've made them a little scaly. <laughs> you are so right. Shark Tale is not at all interested with its setting. Like, yeah. and Finding Nemo is like all about its setting. It's saying like the, the sea is this impossibly huge uh, place mm. at, full of adventure and and like strange and interesting creatures. And, like, imagine having to explore that to, like, tell this, like, father-son story. Very simple, but, like, very, very effective in, in both endeavors. Shark Tale's like, hey, man, what if the mafia was a thing? <laughs> and it's like, okay, <laughs> sure, why does that have to be underwater? I don't know. Yeah. We just, <laughs> it's whatever Pixar are doing, so let's do it too. Oh, uh, <laughs> you. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh, a that's a whole. Animals other are cool is going to be the Sink Floyd merch. I just want to make tie dyed shirts oh, that say "Animals yeah. are cool." If just, you want one, email sinkfloydpod at gmail dot com. Hell yeah! And I'll figure out how to make you one. Like this is an actual guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> that's rad. Well, yeah. Like I think you'll have to reimburse me, please. <laughs> you do have to pay for the merch. Yeah. Yeah. That's you'll have how- to pay for the merch, but it'll happen. It'll be custom. Even if one person. From the other side of the world emails us about yep. it. We'll send you a it's shirt. Happen. Here yeah. we go. Awesome. Oh. That's that's a that's a Sink Floyd promise. Okay. Yeah. That's anyway, a Gareth T. Back to the back Gareth to the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth T, God. Um so yes, it's a like it's a triumphant like celebration of um the birth of this son. Uh 
It's like very, yeah, regal times. Mm. Um, we've got, of course, Breathe rolling in over this. And uh, we've, we are introduced to a few characters. We don't really get their names here, but um, here they are. Um, Zazu, yeah. who's a little um, hornbill uh, bird. I always thought he was like a toucan, but that doesn't make sense yeah. for Africa. Um, he's, in fact, a hornbill. He flies on in to see uh, Mufasa and uh, Sabiri, I think is his mum's name. Yeah, Sabari, Sarabi, sorry. Sarabi, um, yes. Um, yeah, they've had their child, Simba, and um, the like wise old uh, mandrel uh, Rafiki uh, comes in and like lifts him up as like part of this. He like anoints him with some mm. like fruit and then like lifts him up. Um, it's very like, yeah, ritualistic and, and it's cool. interesting that this idea like didn't exist at one point, the idea of lifting an animal up over all the animals to be like, here is your future King. Yeah. Like, unless this has come from something deep in their research for the movie, but like, it's such an iconic image. It's like how at some point the song Hey Ya didn't exist. Like, <laughs> it's wild to imagine that. And it's wild to imagine like the writer's room and they were like, and then Rafiki's going to lift Simba up over Pride Rock. And everyone's going to bow. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, surely someone in the room was like, that's not going to become one of the most iconic images in cinema. What are you doing? <laughs> right? It it's oh. so good. It's, it's, it's an mm. incredible intro. And, like, it ends with the title drop of the movie as, like, Rafiki is, like, holding them up. Like, we get, like, a wide shot of the whole, um, yeah. like, gathering of animals. And then just like black screen with the the Lion King title drop here. That in of itself is like the perfect short film. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. You could just title that the Lion King and release it and everyone would be like, holy crap, that's good. <laughs> so. Yeah, honestly. This is what um, the remake should have been is just that to show off like how cool you can an animate and how oh cool animals are. It would have been sweet, yeah, if the if the remake of The Lion King that they did was just this, just this intro, mm. would have been perfect. Everyone would have been like, that's rad. That's so cool that Disney made that, but they don't need yeah. to remake the whole film, <laughs> you know? Ugh. Yeah, just play it like before one of your more inventive movies. Exactly. Just oh. make it and play it before Encanto and it's a perfect birthday for Gareth Blackler. <laughs> You had it there for you, but never mind. Yeah, anyway, right. um, we're from here, we go into uh, the, the story of the movie proper after the title mm. drop. We're, we make it to like On the Run, by the way, for all of this. On the Run yeah. being played over top of like Rafiki lifting up the new heir to the throne. Um, not that great of a sync, honestly. No. Nah. Anyway. Um, yeah. If it had happened like a couple seconds earlier when Pink Floyd sang High You Fly, it could oh, have been kind of cool. But That no. would have been good, but no. Uh, we got Scar, uh, key antagonist, um, mm. grabbing a little mouse uh, and lamenting that he'd never be king. He won't become king now that Simba is born. Um, he is yeah. uh, Simba's uncle and Mufasa's brother. Uh, we need to talk about, actually, this movie is um, very, very similar to Hamlet, um, yeah. the Shakespearean play. In fact, like it's almost like a fully Shakespearean story, right? The whole mm. like a, a coup, <laughs> like a royal coup occurs <laughs> for this is the key main plot of this movie. And it's pretty wild that that's the story for a kid's movie. <laughs> mm. Um, it's good though. It's yeah, it's like, a, it's a very classic kind of story, um, 
yeah, it, it just it feels very Shakespearean throughout. Um, but yeah, and also having yeah. us introduced like from go, we have that intro of all the animals, and then our first like dialogue is from the antagonist, from yes. like um, them setting up their motivations and stakes right at the top. That's very Act One Shakespeare as well, like mm. Merchant of Venice kind of feeling. Um, it's good. Yeah, and then also to bring in the full Shakespearean grandeur of Jeremy Irons voice yeah. Scar. Oh my god. Uh, One of the best performances of all time. He's so yeah. so malevolent, so terrifying. Scar like himself is just like like top 10 best villain ever. Like mm. <laughs> so like threatening and conniving and scary. Um yeah. It's but great. just like a, such a simple like. Oh, yeah. he feels like he's been he's jilted. His, yeah, it's it is exactly how he wants his play for the th- throne because he feels like he deserves it more. Exactly. Yeah, oh. he's second. He's been second in line this whole time, and now Simba's on the scene, and he feels like he will never get the the chance because mm. now there's a new heir in his way, and so he's um, frustrated and sad. He didn't go to the. Um, this uh, anointing ceremony he's like just hanging out in the cave <laughs> um it's yeah. such i just also love his visual look um scar he's like a dark orange with a black mane and like mm. these green eyes he's so like ah oh, it's such good classic disney character design reminds me a lot of like um uh the adaptation of robin hood as well Oh, um, yeah. They had a lot of really great character design in that movie. And, like, this is, like, leaning from that, I think. Yeah. This is how iconic he is, is he's inspired the number one meme in my family. Whoa. <laughs> um, my whole life, ever since I saw this movie, came home, obviously talked about it nonstop because I was full of sour worms. Yeah. My whole life, every time I would complain that something wasn't fair in the house, like, oh, it's not fair. I don't get to eat a sandwich for dinner. It's mm-hmm. not fair. I have to go to bed, but the Drew Carey show has just started. <laughs> like, every time I'd get that, I would be turned- My parents would turn around to me and they'd go, Life's not fair. Gareth Dwayne will never be king. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Ruthless. You got scarred, bro. Oh, yeah. Man. Looking back, maybe- a bit weird to tell your kid you'll they'll never be king. But, I mean, I mean, keep them humble. I, I respect yeah, true. it. I mean, I'm not related to any king, so there was no chance of me <laughs> growing up to be a king. <laughs> I although, like it. Although my grandmother's maiden name is King, so well, well, do with that what you will. There was a chance you were in line yeah. for the throne at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh, what a story! And then my like grandmother chose love instead, and she's yep. no longer the king. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, called maybe that's called the black clicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it gets like even more like the royalty in my family gets even stranger because my mum's maiden name is Laird, which is um like a rank below a lord. So mm. <laughs> like as the family, you know, married closer and closer to having me as a child, they were moving themselves further from royalty. <laughs> Old peasant Gareth. Yeah, exactly. I'm furthest from the throne. Gareth Bigger. (laughs) Yeah, Gareth Bigger. Oh. Oh, well. 
you'll make you you've earned your way you got you built your your way back up you know yeah you, imagine the life you would have had if they said you will one day be king like every oh, time and just gave you constant. what you want that's how you get like a, a little dursley you know yeah it's, <laughs> it's not how you get a good son <laughs> so i respect well, i'd be i'd become a scar really i'd be like yeah. looking at prince charles and being like how can i overthrow you <laughs> Because like, I'd be believe I'm meant to be king. It'd be Damn. Yeah, way too much hard work. <laughs> just have a beef with Prince Charles. <laughs> just like an eight-year-old trying to, like, plant plotting to take him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Oh, I have once stood, like, two feet away from Prince Charles, so. Whoa. What? Yeah. That was my perfect chance. That no, was your, ti- your time to kidding, strike. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wildebeest start like coming through the city center of Oh my god The plans (laughs) An eight year old of all his wildebeest He's shipped to New Zealand Yeah (laughs) Prince Charles has been knocked off a podium And you just (laughs) dig your little child fingernails into his hands And let him fall (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Oh god Brutal Uh, Anyway Um, I feel like so I'm going to get investigated now for that roof. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Look at Gareth investigated oh. by Buckingham Palace due yeah. to episode 99 of a show. Um, <laughs> crash sound and on the run as Scar slinks away here. Not really a sink, but that's where it be. Um, mm. We got the clocks and time coming in and uh, yeah, it's just raining. The rains are coming to Africa. I bless yeah. the rains down in Africa. Um <laughs> And yeah, Rafiki's doing a little painting of this like prophecy of Simba. I do love this little, I think this was on the poster, the little um, drawing that he does of baby Simba cub on the, on his tree. It's like a very good symbol. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just this and the words, the Lion King. Um, Yeah. It would make such a cool tattoo. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, As you get older, you put like the mane on it as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Evolution of the tattoo. I like it. Um, yeah. So Simba like goes and is uh, now like a more of a active cub grown up a bit mm. and is waking his dad up for some kind of like adventure that they want to go on. Um, yeah. He uh, Mufasa takes Simba out to uh, survey the kingdom. He says, the classic, like, everything the light touches is our domain. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, but he also, uh, Mufasa talks about, like, mortality and that um, someday his time in the sun will be over and the sun will rise with Simba as the new king. Hmm. The Lion King is very much concerned with um, the circle of life um, and this concept of being reborn and the balance of nature and everything being tied together um so like living and dying and the animals uh existing in a balance heavy stuff for a kids movie definitely absolutely um like probably it's quality advice honestly Mm. (laughs) um don't live beyond your means look after nature um that kind of thing pretty ahead of its time i would say (laughs) (laughs) anyway um he does indicate a, a shadowy area in the distance, which is a place beyond the borders of the Pride Lands, which uh, Simba must never go there. Too dangerous. In a way, it's like the dark side of the moon, you know? Sure. Simba can't go there either. <laughs> Doesn't have a spaceship. Yeah, never venture there. 
too dark. Yeah. <laughs> too dark that side. Um, yeah, Simba's still curious about that, obviously. Um, Zazu comes in with like a morning report. Zazu played by um, Rowan Atkinson, by the way. Yeah. Um, did like, honestly didn't even put this together as that uh, it was played by him um, mm. while I was a kid. I didn't, never was like, oh, that's Mr. Bean. Like, never happened. And, well, because you I, never hear Mr. Bean speak. And in this version, you never see Mr. Bean or see Rowan Atkinson. It's true. So they're two incredibly separate people. Unless Very you're one of the so. kids who grew up with uh, Blackadder and got to see it together. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was many years before I realized I was dealing with Mr. Bean. All my bean heads. <laughs> yeah. The true beaners. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Beak. Oh, there he is. Mm. Zazu, Mr. Beak. I like it. Um, they have like a, a, a pouncing lesson here teaching you know teaching your cub how to be a lion that kind of classic stuff mm. i do like zazu's line cheetahs never prosper very funny um yeah a lot of puns very deeply hidden in the mix that we get to enjoy yeah now with subtitles just, just for like, the adults yeah. you know yeah. paying attention pretty fun stuff mm. however mufasa is like summoned away because hyenas have been spotted in the pride mm. lands and uh mufasa goes to investigate um leaving simba to be taken home by zazu um bit of a weird thing about this movie um the hyenas are like the the baddies um mm. represented but they're also presumably should be part of the circle of life um sort of a little bit unfair to paint them as this like dastardly uh group of of criminals or whatever you know um yeah in fact, i'm pretty sure that this movie had a really bad effect on hyena conservation uh, no! efforts um, oh, why does every movie i hate hurt the animals i mean every movie i love hurt the animals i mean it, it brought an interest in conservation in general for animals um mm. so that's a positive but like yeah it painted hyenas in particular as like as baddies and so yeah um of course people being impressionable idiots uh <laughs> decided that hyenas were baddies because of this movie so yeah not great um but anyway hyenas are so cool like they're very cool about their terrible posture i relate to yeah dude oh my god if i was an animal i'd probably be a hyena just by the i've got a a, like a horrible laugh and a bad posture Same, same bestie and like i also will eat everyone's scraps much like the noble hyena oh man we're just a couple of bloody hyenas on this podcast having a good old time you know yeah join we're the laughing away at our own jokes yeah the scraps that cinema has thrown us exactly join the join the club we, they have a lot of fun in the movie i mm. think the hy- I, I have a lot of affinity for the hyenas in this movie yeah their personas they're everything i love them so much we're in time solo yeah. now. Uh, and uh, Simba goes and speaks with his uncle, Scar, about um, he'd like his comeback from this um, adventure, like where he's learned he's next in line for the throne. And he's just like innocently talking about this with Scar, not knowing that Scar is like basically being tormented by him. Yeah. <laughs> um, being like, isn't that cool? If I'm king, <laughs> what will that make you? And he's like, fucking king. <laughs> like, um Yes, so Scar very malevolently lets Simba know on, like, he's playing the part of, like, concerned but, like, friendly uncle um, here. Because um, Simba brings up the the area, the dark area that he wasn't allowed to go to. 
Mm. And he lets him in on the knowledge that this is an elephant graveyard, which you hear the words elephant graveyard and <laughs> you're going to be curious. That's a, that's a wild location. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, but Scar makes him promise not to go there. And he's like, oh, I remember it's our little secrets, you know. Oh. Simba runs off uh, immediately to uh, go and investigate this. He goes and sees <laughs> yeah. his uh, best friend Nala. He's a little lioness growing up, um, getting a bath from her mum, getting licked. Mm-hmm. Um, and like pretty- turned upside down by the licks. It's so yeah, cute. The powerful cat tongue um, yeah. getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like they trick their parents into saying they're going to the watering hole. But um, Zazu has to go with them as chaperone. Look after the young prince. Um and yeah, so he's flying up overhead as they go along. And yeah, um, I love him being like, as soon as we get to the water hole, the sooner we can leave. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just to bring up my wonderful grandmother again, kind of how she is about like visiting. She'll show up and it's like, well, it's time for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nana, you've just you had barely arrived. Your, your tea yeah. is still warm, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, honestly. Yeah, like, I'm starting, the older I get, the more I'm like that. It's like, well, can't wait to leave. Yeah, I get it. Just doing the <laughs> the obligation of visiting, you mm. know, you're like, you got to hang out for X period of time. And it's just like, boy, when you get older, it's, it's tough. <laughs> Harder yeah. to keep up, you know? Oh, man. Honestly, the last time I went to a nightclub, which still would have been like two years ago, mm-hmm. I was like- well, I've had one dance. Yeah. Kind of time to leave. I've right? finished my, my gin and tonic. I'm, re- yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around. Everyone else is doing shots. I don't want to do any shots. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I I, yeah, I've used literally all the energy my old bones have dancing to one song. Yeah. Time, to, time go to go home. gang. Tuck yeah. in a bed. <laughs> yeah, man. We're, we're all curmudgeons already. Yeah. So, so it goes. Know thyself. <laughs> <laughs> and accept thyself honestly just yeah. recognize that that's like yeah spend your time on what matters i think <laughs> balloon girl um yeah yeah so they, they zazu comes down and like talks to um simba and nala he says that they're betrothed which is i guess how it works in the lion kingdom um sort of this like fiefdom sort of scenario happening yeah. where um yeah, where they're like betrothed to be together in the future. And she's like, we're friends. That'd be weird. <laughs> Which is good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have another musical number, Just Can't Wait to Be King. Which is really great colors in this sequence. Everything gets yeah. like um, sort of like washed a like different primary colors um, mm. for this. So like the elephants are red and I think the yeah. cheetahs are kind of pink and the monkeys are blue. Yeah, it, it's fun just for the musical number as well. Yeah, um, and yeah, it like it's it's a very a fun wee song, culminating mm. in this like massive tower of animals, um, like in making like how to describe it, sort of like a, a big Broadway number where like mm. they're all stacking and doing like a ta- human pyramid, but it's all animals, um, in making patterns. You know, like the necks of the yeah. giraffes and the, the anteaters shooting out their weird little tongues. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that anteaters pop in until I watched it with Pink Floyd. And I was like, 
animals are cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's kind of all I had to say. It's true. Oh. Um, yeah. But yes. The um, Lion King official, well, hopefully official, the Lion King Uh-oh. magazine that you could get mm. in the 90s. Um, you'd get a subscription. You'd get a big binder, every issue of it. You'd get facts about the animals. And, mm. Like a lot of African folklore, which was really cool. To That's get sick. Yeah. yeah, learn about a Nasi and stuff like that, the tricks to God. Whoa. Um, but it followed this as its design for the whole magazine. So it'll have a cartoon cheetah giving you facts about real cheetahs, but it'd be colored a bit wrong and like the big red elephants and stuff. Which That's was awesome. like, yeah, very interesting. Like, hey, we'll just follow this. Like, keep this going. Yeah. Um, if it ain't broke kind of thing. Yeah. Very nice. I like that yeah. visual design choice. It's like, it makes, makes it even more fun. No. Mm, yeah and sort of like paints it outside of reality as well they get to like play around with like more cartoony elements when they do this like for most of the movie i would say it's like pretty grounded in reality in spite of being yeah. a cartoon like everything's like proportionally correct and things like that um like there are more like animated characters like uh timon and pumba are both mm. like a pretty beyond belief in terms of how they're portrayed right but the rest, like, are very, like, uh, like, there's the, the animals aren't, like, walking around on their hind legs, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like they would in Shark Tale. Um, <laughs> and said with such contempt. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is what the 2019 version needed, was just, like, a little bit of a jump into an anti, like, anti-reality kind of fun... Um, universe and then kind of jump back yeah and just know that it could do that yeah that would have been that would lighten the mood a lot i think yeah 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 i would i would say that the seed i haven't seen it like i said but i would assume that the cgi would make the lion king much more of a drama <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah, it, it, it feels heavy way too real <laughs> mm. you know for the for the scenes that are coming up like don't know how i would handle it Yes, this this song culminates with the massive tower of animals falling over and Zazu getting flattened under a rhino's big bottom um, <laughs> and the kids managing to, like, get away and run off to uh, where they want to go, which is the, the elephant graveyard. Mm. Um, yeah. So, as we get into, like, great gig here uh, over the course of this song as well, and then we, we go to this elephant graveyard, which is a terrifying location. I remember the um, the video game of The Lion King. This was a pretty, pretty sick level uh, where you, like, had to jump up and down on these. Um, you'd slide around on the, the tusks of the elephants with, like, big slides. Um, yeah. Pretty spooky. This was for, I believe, Sega Genesis uh, back wow. in the day. That's yeah. like the one piece of Lion King merchandise I've missed out on. Oh, it was a good game. But in fact, most of those early um, Disney like platformers were pretty great. This one and mm. the Aladdin one were like top tier, I would say. Very, yeah. very, very true to the movie and also just very fun games in their own right. So well worth a visit if you can. Yeah, it's it's just a sick location. Like the it, it's very terrifying as a concept. Just like thousands of bones of dead elephants. Um, unclear if this is real to real life. If elephant mm. graveyards exist, but if they do, damn, scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just lots of these giant skulls and bones and stuff. It, it's great for this next sequence where um, 
they we go into money here after great gig and mm. the they are this trio is accosted by another trio of uh the hyenas coming in who are yes. banzai uh shinzi and ed i think yeah um Banzai yeah. is a weird choice for a name, I must admit. But um, they rename him and they rename Ed in the remake to actually give them proper African names because that was a good call. Especially yeah. like Ed, you get because it's like okay, fine. It's like the set up expectation and break it in terms yeah, of the that's fine. The Banzai, yeah, don't know. No. Different implications. Silly, silly, silly. Yeah. Um, Anyway, they are this like threatening trio, but they like, I like them as a presence because um, they get lost in telling their own like jokes about the situation, which is like a a great concept for a villain. Like it plays Mm. into the whole hyenas laughing thing. Um, Them being like comedians at heart and bickering with each other. Like they sort of got like a three stooges kind of element going. Um, Yeah, very classic kind of comedy and played by like iconic comedy figures of oh, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg and yep. Cheech Marlin. <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah, they wanted both Cheech and Chong, um, Tommy yeah. Chong, to play the hyenas, but they were, like, having a rift at the, at the time. So then really? they went and got bloody Oscar winner Whoopi, Whoopi. Goldberg instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good choice, honestly. Like, mm. I think Whoopi, like, nails it as, like, our main um, representation of the hyena i feel like she pulls further ahead than cheech's performance but like both both good um Mm. yeah a lot of they have a huge shout out to ed who the actor jim cummings like recorded two hours worth of laughs yeah just like non-stop to let and then they just cut them together like when they needed them so good oh what a fun day at the office that would be (laughs) right Nah, love these hyenas. They yeah. are also amazing in the Broadway show. Like, I believe it. They're kind of, um, they're puppeted kind of with their big, awful posture, kind of leaning in front of the actual actor. Mm. And yeah, they've got these big kind of big wooden faces. Nice. So cool. Yeah. I imagine they would have the best fun in Broadway. Like this kind of character always has like their time mm. to shine much more so in a play, I think. This like, yeah. like almost comic relief, but like- um, uh like antagonistic character i think it like you there's those kinds of characters have the most fun in yeah in like broadway shows <laughs> yeah even the zazu in the broadway no, yeah not zazu, but like yeah there's actually no the zazu in lion king on broadway is amazing he was actually when i saw it my like hero of the piece he's so good hell yeah but um iago and broadway's aladdin gosh oh, yeah. i've seen some disney broadway <laughs> yeah <realize>. wow <laughs> I didn't realize I was so cultured. You're an aficionado. Um, Iago in Disney's Aladdin on Broadway also, like, has a hoot of fun. Yeah. Considering he's kind of a less, like, theatrical character than, yeah, these guys. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Great stuff. I feel like that's the only two Disney Broadways I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, of course, as you know... Have seen the Avatar Cirque du Soleil performance. That's as close <laughs> as I'm going to get. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, how cultured I am deep down. Good on you, yeah. man. Are you hyped that if Avatar Two actually comes out, there might be a second Cirque du Soleil you show? You better here? believe it. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be participating in the in the like uh, <laughs> the, using your phone for mixed media in the audience. Oh, oh so much fun. Anyway. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, they they sort of tell these jokes and get distracted from what they're doing and let the 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 cubs get away. Zazu gets caught and like shoved into like a geyser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of like um, volcanic activity occurring in the um, elephant graveyard where these baddies hang out. Um, Do you reckon that's why it's an elephant graveyard? It's not the elephants buried other elephants there, but like volcanic activity killed a bunch of elephants. I hope and not. Hyenas just hang out there. Brutal. That's dark. It is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So he gets like shot off like like a rocket by being suspended over like a geyser or whatever they manage to uh, escape uh where but um they get cornered and simba tries to like ward them off by roaring but he's just a little cub just a yeah. wee cub and he can't scare them off and so he tries again and then mufasa's roar comes in like over top of his one um yeah. scaring the hyenas and then yeah he comes in and like pins all the little hyenas who are like oh shit sorry Mufasa we didn't know and then they run away <laughs> mm. um yeah so um he scolds the Mufasa scolds the kids and like escorts them back home and as we leave this scene we see that Scar is also here like watching yeah. from on high watching this play out with a with a grumpy old face um yeah so we're still in money's solo here and we're like walking back to pride rock as the sun sets and there's this really really great shot um in this where simba puts his paw inside the paw print of his dad um being like i can't measure up to it's like literally filling his shoes right yeah is, is the idea it's just a good visual um yeah it's like it's all this stuff is just so classic it like barely requires me to explain it <laughs> no absolutely yeah um, like that was how they got everyone pumped for the remake was just show that again oh yeah people were like yep we're, we're, we're it's here. just such a clear perfect symbol um mm. that just feels so obvious when you explain it but like watching it's not at all like contrived you're just like oh yeah hell yeah you're on board with it. It's just, I don't know. The Lion King's such a simple story, but like it's so effective and so perfectly done. It's very difficult to find fault with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. He like scolds his son. He's like, you disobeyed me and you put yourself and Nala in danger. And um, yeah, the like he like doesn't like grill him. He says, he says like he was scared for them. And Simba's like, but you're so brave. And he's like, yes, but I'm only brave when I have to be. That's mm. what being a leader is. Um, yeah, it's it's really sweet, this, like, concept of him being this, like, powerful king. But um, he was truly scared that he would lose his son, you know? Yeah. It's a nice little early, like, early takedown on masculinity for us all, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they sort of um, like they have a, like a bit of a play together out here under the night sky, and um, they talk about the stars as we like trail out of money, going like the giving none away. Mm. Um, yeah, talking about the stars representing the the great kings of the past, looking down and guiding guiding them as like as kings. He's just like, I'll always be with you, you know. Um, and from here, we cut back to um, the chasm um, and the elephant graveyard. Uh, 
with the hyenas who are all arguing about their failure today, failure <laughs> to get the um, the cub, and like, and they're like, ah, who needs fucking lions? That they suck anyway. <laughs> um, hyenas in this like uh, film, are, they're like they say that they're at the bottom of the food chain because they're scavengers, you know. And, and they're like, and lions are at the top. And so they like, they hate them for that, um, is the, the hierarchy here. Uh, but Scar is on the side of the, of the hyenas here. They're his like peons. It's revealed. He, um, he like, <laughs> he's so mean to them. He's like, he calls the hyenas idiots, like all the time throughout this yeah. like whole sequence, like half of his song here. <laughs> It's just him saying that he's like surrounded by idiots, but listen up, here's the plan. Um, yeah. Uh, which of course we have now be prepared is Scar's mm. song, a perfect villain song. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Such a banger. And so like, it's so sinister is my favorite thing about be prepared. Yeah. It's not like overly bombastic until right at the end. Um, mm. It starts with this like very low sort of rumble, um, which is just so good. And like, it's all shot with this like green smoke. Um, yeah. you, you, the use of green representing the evil here of Scar. Yeah. And the jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. It's a really, really mm. great sequence. Um, also like vague motif of him being like an army general as we see the the hyenas like marching in formation and looking up to yeah. him as if they're soldiers preparing for war um yeah uh very good stuff very scary yeah it's really interesting so this song like obviously amazing jeremy irons vocal performance yeah but he threw his voice out while singing it you can actually hear like later in when it gets bombastic you hear his voice start to like croak and then other parts of the song are sung by the guy who voiced Ed. Really? <laughs> he, like, stepped in, yeah. He was like, well, I've done two hours of laughter. Oh, you guys need me to sing one of the most iconic Man. future musical great, numbers? Yeah, Great sure, effort. Holy in. shit. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, it's a lot. Mm. <laughs> the, 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 he does throw himself into the song, and I respect that. Like, oh, yeah. You gotta, he's not, like, a typical, like, musical actor, right? This is- no. Like sure got not. shades of Mamma Mia happening, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you got to respect. Uh, maybe that's trying. why Pierce doesn't try very hard in Mamma Mia is because he was scared of Jeremy Irons' lesson. Yeah, yeah maybe. because um, the voice of Ed was just waiting in the wings trying to steal his role. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because um, yeah, Jim Cummings, the voice of Ed, then went on to play Scar in every other like Disney thing. Wow, <laughs> up really? Until the, um, up until. Obviously, the recent remake, like, and and all the like, I don't know when Scar shows up in Disney's House of Mouse, <laughs> all Jim Cummings. <laughs> okay, I mean, I imagine yeah. that's probably because they couldn't get um, old mate Jeremy Irons back. Uh, I imagine it's pretty expensive. <laughs> so, mm. but anyway, um, <laughs> yes, uh, there's a the it's it's great. This the song like is talking about um the 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 grand coup plan that he's going to yeah. he's going to betray Mufasa and Simba etc. Um it ends with the like the rocks of the ground breaking apart and like yeah. skyrocketing him into the sky on this like huge tower of rock 
with like the gas and smoke rising around him. It's such a sick visual ending with like <laughs> yeah. this tower of um, hyenas all singing together um, with Scar at the top, like in, like surrounded by this crescent moon. Looks rad. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just as a shot. Love it. Um, what, a, what a good bad guy. Holy shit. Um, yeah. And yeah. So from here we go into the plan, the big scene um, in the chasm uh, here. Um, Scar leads Simba down into this chasm saying that there's a surprise for him, a wonderful surprise, uh, just leaves him here to hang out at this, um, uh, this little rock with a tree. Um, and he says, oh yes, the surprise it's to die for. (laughs) You're like, okay. Um, you gotta, if you're the villain, you gotta, you gotta do it. Um, and yeah, we pan up from the chasm to see all the wildebeest out here grazing uh just like huge numbers of them and um the hyenas are hanging out and wait and yeah scar like appears giving them the signal to start chasing the wildebeest um yeah simba is like practicing his roar on a little chameleon <laughs> i love this <laughs> non little chameleon who's just going about his day he's just a real animal <laughs> that has wandered in <laughs> to, to the, the cartoon world <laughs> yeah he's just like fuck's sake all these talking animals i just want to <laughs> do my thing but we hear these uh he, like simba's roar um, he's practicing it and it like echoes throughout the chasm and he thinks that he like alerts these wildebeest mm. who start like charging down the side of the chasm, which is a terrifying like image. It's like very like oh, yeah. fucking uh, Gandalf at Helm's Deep with <laughs> all the the hyenas. No, not the hyenas. Yeah, the hyenas chasing these wildebeest down the side. It's very scary. This This mm. whole sequence is truly scary. Um, if you, you feel the real danger of these charging animals, you know, um, it's very well done. Uh, and yeah, uh, we go into any color you like as like Scar comes and alerts Mufasa and Zazu that, um, Simba's in danger. Um, and so they rush in to try and save him. And yeah, of course, Mufasa being like a bigger lion gets like pretty badly trampled as he's trying to save Simba. Um, He like manages to carry him away from the herd in his mouth, but like is just being taken away by the tide of this, of these wildebeest. And yeah, it's very, it's very dramatic. Um, Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mufasa like leaps out of the, of the, um, this, these beasts and starts climbing up the side of uh, the cliff and um i don't know it's hard to say here um simba's like view gets obscured here you can't see what takes place at the top of the cliff um which is just as well but um yeah mufasa like calls up to scar who's at the top of the cliff and uh yeah he's like help me brother and scar digs his claws into mufasa's paws here and says long live the king and throws Mufasa to his death. Um, brutal. Mm. Awful. Um, full murder in a, ch- yeah. <laughs> in a children's movie. Um, unheard yeah. of, I would say. Um, <laughs> well, other than like a Bambi and all that. Kind oh, of- true. Yeah, actually. I think yeah, Disney had- up until very recently, Disney, every 
body had at least one dead parent in the yeah. Disney movie. Man, okay. Oh, yeah. Whether it's... or not it happens on screen or not, but... Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. I guess it, like, it adds stakes, right? Like, you're, you're building this this narrative, like, having having this dead parent figure is, like, you're allowed to deal with loss. Yeah. Just speaking of evil, um, I think my landlords upstairs are apparently crawling through the crawl space. So, if any of that is Whoa. picked up by the microphone, I apologize. They're trying people. to stop the show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're trying to break through. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Actually, you'll find it's very effective storytelling that Disney do that. <laughs> and rent's going up because you said that. Oh, no. Don't disparage Disney in front of your landlords. Gosh, yeah. they'll come for oh. you. Through the walls, apparently. Yeah. Man. Terrifying. Oh, <laughs> Keep us updated as to how that goes, please. Well... Um, yes, so the herd passes by and Simba, like, goes down and searches the chasm for his dad and, like, mm. the dust um, that has been kicked up by the animals and, yeah, finds him dead under the broken tree branch that he was dangling from right at the end of um, any color you like, heading into brain damage here. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's super sad. He tries, like, to wake up his dead dad and then, like, hides under his arm. It's it's really tragic. Um, yeah, it's honestly so heartbreaking. I can't believe me as a three year old got through it. In right? The cinema. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. I had no idea. Like when. Like I watched this movie like religiously, like over and over and mm. over again. But I genuinely have no idea what my reaction would have been at the time. I wish wish I asked like my parents actually before recording what like how the scene affected me because they would know better yeah. than me. It's like, oh, yeah, James, you cried for like a month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I imagine it was something to that effect. Um, yeah. Oh, have I told you about the fox and the hound? Incident? No. It's like mum went out for the night. So dad was in charge. And like, obviously, like my parents, my parents would split the taking care of quite a lot. But I imagine like the pressure is probably a little on when you're the only parent taking care of the kids. Yeah, for so sure. So dad rents the Fox and the Hound, Oosh. another Disney classic. Yeah. Which also decides to break your heart, but it does it a minute in, <laughs> essentially. And we could not stop crying. We didn't finish the movie. Oh, no. Like, we barely even started the movie. And then we just had to go to bed like... Just there was no other bawling. option. Just these kids have exhausted themselves from crying. You guys, have, we, we're just going to have to go to bed and start over a new day. <laughs> and Shit, like, man. I still have never finished that movie because like, wow, I just don't want to risk it again. I've got other stuff to do. All right. Fair enough, man. Uh, here's me noting that down for a future choice because no. I want to see what it does. Gosh, <laughs> shouldn't have told me that, man. Oh, that's wild. I, I understand, though, uh, that, like, that, yeah, like, <laughs> completely exhausting yourself because as a kid, you just, like, don't have that kind of control of your emotions at all. Just, like, yeah. knocking yourself out because you're so tired from being so upset. Oh, man. Yeah. I imagine that's why, like, I haven't cried in a movie for, like, maybe... It was like 10, maybe 10, even 20 years in between. It's only recently I've started being able to do it again. Wow. Shout out to Jaws. <laughs> um, Woo! Like, maybe I just had overdone it. I just ran out of movie-related tears for 20 years. And maybe. now I'm back. Yeah. You just oh. got it all out of your system with Fox and the Hound. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. 
I'm back at it though. I cried and everything everywhere all at once. So oh, good. He, the boy's back. Oh yeah, can't wait to see the that. bowling boy is back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome him back. Um, yeah, speaking of bowling boys, um, Simba's very sad. Um, calling out for help, no one comes until bloody Scar comes down and says like what have you done Simba yeah he like blames him for his own father's death and like says like you've got to run away run away and never come back you can't face your family again brutal um yeah and yeah tells the hyenas to chase after him and yeah Simba's like chased out of the the kingdom um tumbling down like the side of a cliff into some like thorns like <laughs> yeah. widespread african bramble <laughs> i don't know what's going on here um yeah but the the hyenas like give up because they don't want to go through the the bramble patch fair mm. play um they say that he's good as dead out here because he's like just the little lion cub he'll yeah. take care of himself yeah um, and they'll just get him if he ever comes back yeah exactly so, yeah, we're, like, at the end of the album as well for this, like, dramatic ending. Scar addresses the rest of the lions, say that this, like, this tragic loss of both Mufasa and Simba and he will reluctantly take the throne. And he, like, introduces yeah. this new era where lion and hyena will live together as um, Eclipse is rolling in. They see, like, just the, the hyenas existing as, like, shadows behind him. Um, yeah. And yeah, Rafiki is like very upset at the end of this playthrough, um, wiping the image of Simba that he painted on the tree away mm. with his hand. And yeah, we like cut from that symbol of Simba to Simba just like lying in the middle of like a cracked plain of desert of rock um, with like vultures circling above him. And that's where we have like the heartbeats. Um between the albums it's like it's real dramatic at the end of this yeah. playthrough you know we sort of finish one half of the movie perfectly with mm. with this one playthrough which is nice um but yeah uh so yeah heartbeats between the plays um going back into speak to me and we get timon and pumbaa on the scene um uh, a, a real comic relief characters these boys yeah um uh nathan lane as timon of course iconic performance and uh ernie sabella as pumba um these two dudes yeah it. i feel like they'd just done a broadway show together so the other chemistry was that was boiling yeah ablaze um mm. these guys just loving it um dynamic duo timon and pumba they're the c3po and r2d2 of this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Name a more iconic duo, I'll wait. Um, yeah, they're, they're good, say, good um, lads. This was like the one bit of effort they put into the 2019 one. As I already said, Billy crushes it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, John Favreau made them, made Billy Iker and um, Seth Rogen like practice all their lines in a like black box theater to get that kind of old school theater vibe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, such a like weird amount of effort for the movie where everyone else took no risks yeah i think he only wanted to make a um timon and pumba movie maybe fair enough who wouldn't they had yeah. their own tv show i remember that was probably the one other piece of like 
extraneous Lion King media that I enjoyed the Timon and Pumbaa TV show. It was pretty formulaic, you know, just like them sort of getting into scrapes in order to try and like do schemes, sort of like a uh, pinky in the brain kind of thing. Um, Yeah. In that kind of vein, I remember. I remember enjoying it though. It had the the same, it had a great like intro song. I think it was just Mm. the Hakuna Matata like reprise basically. Um, yeah, it was Hakuna Matata, but they went like Hakuna Matata, Timon, and Pumba. Pumba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the boys. I find I, I feel like I never actually watched it on TV or watched it, except there was a VHS of the show with four episodes mm-hmm. that was always playing at the kids' room of popular family eatery Valentine's. Oh my in god! New Zealand, like <sighs> that. Did you did you ever go? <laughs> Of course I went to Valentine's as a Kiwi oh. kid. I w- it was a regular, like, kid's birthday occurrence mm. where people would go to Valentine's. It was, it's, uh, for those uh, outside of New Zealand, Valentine's is like a buffet restaurant renowned for being incredibly cheap and kid-friendly. Um, yeah. Uh, it has had a recent resurgence and is back. Um, no way. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm going. I don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's as bad as it always was. Um, but now, like, there's also only one. Um, yeah. I do remember uh, getting um, uh, traffic light drinks yes. at, um, at uh, Valentine's, which were uh, just, like, four, three different um, colored, like, fizzy drinks or something. I have no idea how yeah. they do it. But Like, 100% designed to make a child throw up. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Just so just much food pure dye. syrups. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. These... Okay. Two things. Is the kids' room of ba- Valentine's definitely had a metal tree in it that you could climb and watch um, yes. Timon and Pumbaa on VHS. Sure did. And I feel like there were so many of those restaurants back in the 90s. There like were a, a lot. family eatery with a ball pit and a metal tree and a TV and a yep. buffet. That has and like definitely now I feel disappeared. Like I don't see any. Yeah. That as a concept no longer exists, I think, because people yeah. now realize that that was a bit of shit, I think. Like, you would just... <laughs> it's difficult, A, to take your kids to, like, a family-friendly restaurant. The, like, the, the issue is that, like, everything else sort of has to suffer suffer to accommodate children um, uh, in, like, yeah. a fairly significant way. So, I don't think they have lasted past the 90s. It was, like, a cool idea, but mm. I don't know if they were like a practical business model <laughs> so yeah interesting yeah. I, I feel like there's some some research we could do there as to figure out why that didn't yeah. last well i mean now that i'm all about emailing cold emailing professors and getting them on the show maybe maybe <laughs> maybe this turns into a 10-part investigation on the full rise and fall of the family-friendly eatery yeah my theory is that it's been replaced by fast food restaurants like it was impossible mm. to compete with like the McDonald's and Burger Kings and things like that of the world. Um, And that like, they're providing like cheap as fuck food and also like have that, like it's, they're already practically the level of Valentine's, right? Just by sheer like design and appeal to kids in that way. So they were like, all right, we can do a ball pit. We can do like a a adventure playground or whatever, you know, (laughs) like, We can buy mm, and by having and the food so quickly arrive to you, mm-hmm. then you know the kids immediately can go through the ball pit, be in and out in like half an hour. Exactly. Whereas, like, yeah, like a Valentine's Valentine's, you're gonna get 
covered in like spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Hit the ball pit, throw up your traffic light drink because you've oh, been there God. for an hour. Yeah. Need to go to bed. <laughs> have the have, it had the classic issue of like all buffets and that like everyone's going too far. The level of excess yeah. <laughs> involved in a buffet. It always kind of grossed me out. Not a big fan. Yeah. Sorry, buffets of the world. Um, no, it's you're totally right. Like, and then uh, just like piling a plate with like all these foods that should yeah. never go together. No, eating until you're sick, and then yeah, jumping in a pit full of plastic balls and exercising. Yeah, it's another thing that I feel like I've grown out of <laughs> the yeah. whole buffet thing. Is yeah, just like so much waste goes involved. Anyway, um, maybe. Once this show, like, sails off into the distance after its brief stint as an investigative journalism podcast, I'll fill Mm -hmm. my podcast studio with balls and it's just my little ball pit. Oh, God. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I I need something to spend probably six hours a week on instead of (laughs) the show. Why not just swim around in my ball pit? Desperately trying to access the things inside your closet, but you've got to, like, maneuver (laughs) through waist-high plastic balls. Yeah. Oh, because we often record this show, like, late at night. Yeah. And then the next day, when I have to get ready for work, I have to go past, like, the chair and my notes and the microphone equipment and all that to get to my, like, socks. It's your real (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm often so sleepy because I've been up blabbering about under the silver lake. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, Gareth. (laughs) No, this is the life we chose. Yep. Exactly. And speaking of choosing a new life, yeah. Timon and Pumba introduce Simba to their philosophy. Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries, Gareth. Um, literally, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Direct translation. Yeah, okay. I like it as as an idea. It's, it's funny to have a song about not caring about yeah. stuff and just relaxing. Um it is a good vibe. That it, that is mm. their that it truly is Timon and Pumbaa's philosophy, and that that's their what they're about. They're just living their lives. They're not worried about the kingdom or any any kind of thing going around out there. They're just doing what they can, um, and that's all right. And yeah. yeah. Um, as part of the song, uh, Simba like he gets introduced to more of how they live. They eat grubs out here. Rustle up some grub. Mm-hmm. Um, these grubs, these little insects are beautiful colored and like look really appetizing. <laughs> Never before. I'm so glad you said that. Me as a kid, like this is how my parents would get me excited about food. Yeah. Because I think I was like born to be a vegan. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that excited about food. Um, so like they would like, you know, they pretend that I'm eating insects as a kid yeah. to make me like interested in eating like soup or something yeah little little grubs little colorful bugs in there you know they look great they look absolutely delicious um yeah which is like wild for a movie to be able to pull that off um (laughs) yeah honestly the disney's greatest track they need to actually get them back on board because they've saying like to help fight climate change is more of our meat consumption needs to be bugs. Like we yeah. need to be eating crickets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Because we can get the same amount of nutrients from much smaller carbon footprint. Yeah. Get Timon and Pumba back on the case. Get them on like, the marketing 100%. team. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like if you get some like Hakuna Matata patties and they're all made out of bugs, you know, like I feel like that's the way to do it. Um, yes. Right. 
Um, oh my gosh, yeah. A little Timon and Pumba on the, like, yeah, crispy crickets. and Exactly. Good to go. I wonder if there's, oh. like, a restaurant at um, Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World. I, um, I imagine if there's a restaurant there that serves, like, these, these colorful insect meals. Um, you two can eat eat the way of the meerkat i hope there should be i hope so That'd be amazing. Um, oh. it's a good disney restaurant i imagine uh, they're more leaning into the like beauty and the beast like serving like a whole leg of lamb for gaston kind of thing <laughs> i think you can get a leg of lamb no a big you can get a big turkey leg at disneyland and walk yeah. around with that that's one of the famous disneyland weird things <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird oh my god like you oh. share it with goofy or something <laughs> Uh, okay, that's going to be it. With all the proceeds we're going to make from our Animals Are Cool merchandise, yeah, we're going to take a show trip to Disneyland with the sole purpose of giving Goofy a leg of turkey. <laughs> Find and feed Goofy is the new mission yeah. of the show. <laughs> oh, man. Deal. He's so oh. hungry. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Mickey doesn't feed me. Um, <laughs> back at Pride Rock, uh, mm. Zazu is encaged in a little ribcage prison and is singing his sorrows, singing lots of little songs. He sings yeah. lovely bunch of coconuts, um, which is something I always remember um, mm. from this. I like. I've, I assumed as a child that this that Zazu invented this song. <laughs> That he yeah. was just just a, a bard of, of times past <laughs> coming up with the greats. He's the, the composer of um, of this, the songwriter, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> of the African plane. Love him. Um, yeah. If Under the Silver Lake had had a scene where, and it's amazing that we're talking about one of the most popular movies of all time, but we can't stop thinking about this <laughs> deep cut A24 movie. Yeah. That's um, classic under the us. silver lake, Andrew Garfield had walked into the room and it was a little hornbill bird playing the piano and singing every song. Oh, my God. Oh, one thing missing. I wouldn't have put it past that movie. Um, no, true. Anyway, uh, there's a new law where Scar won't allow Mufasa's name to be mentioned mm. in his presence. Um, also, under his regime, the, the circle of life is out of balance and um, through... It's unclear, but like... Basically, they're running out of food. Like, the, the antelope have moved on and, like, there's no grass and the world is becoming more desolate because mm. he's, like, thrown the natural order out of balance, I guess, mostly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Scar doesn't care about it in the same way that his brother did. In fact, the lionesses aren't, like, hunting. They're going hungry because they don't respect Scar's leadership and they aren't doing anything to survive. Um mm. And it's causing all kinds of problems. Bad times. We get the crash sound um, uh, just here when we're checking in on Pride Rock. Not really syncing mm -hmm. again with anything. Uh, but yeah. Um, we cut back to the lads, the trio of boys out here, staring up at the stars together as the clocks and time come in. And um, they're just talking about what the stars could be. Um, Pumba, in fact, knows exactly what they are by sheer coincidence, um, which is fantastic. Seeing they're like big balls of gas burning very far away. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I think he, that was a regular joke in the series as well, that he would like nail some kind of like high 
scientific concept that Timon would have some other kind of explanation for, which was what they went for. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I anyway. feel like that might have even been in the magazine as Pumba would explain it perfectly what you were learning about the animal and then Timon would have a like far-fetched idea. Yeah. I might be good. completely misremembering that, but I doubt anyone else has read that magazine and can <laughs> fact-check me. You can't so. fact-check me. Damn. Too powerful. Um, <laughs> yeah, they ask what Simba thinks and he reminisces about what his dad said, saying that they're the great kings looking down over them. And they're like, yeah, isn't that stupid? Ha ha ha. Yeah. And then like Simba gets upset because his past has been brought up. And yeah, he goes and mm-hmm. goes over to like a cliff and has like a pensive moment of re- remembering his great shame. Um, and yeah, it blows up some like leaves and debris, which flow through the air and travel to Rafiki, who like yes. does some mysticism, <laughs> he, like investigates these in his big turtle shell bowl (laughs) and he um interprets these portents as simba still alive and he's like it's time and he does the he changes the the image of simba on um on the tree to have the lion's mane yeah very cool very powerful iconic moment now it's kind of strange that he says it's time though isn't it like what does that mean other than the fact that the bloody song time by Pink Floyd kicks in exactly Woo! as he says it. Hell yeah. There uh, it is. Like the vocal get, kicks in when he says it. Yeah, the vocal that like essentially, I mean, if you heard Taking the song in the away. wild, you might not realize it was time until the vocals kicked in. You'd just be like, oh, some vibey drums. But Rafiki's hearing it and he's letting you know, oh yeah, it's time. It's like time, Pink baby. Floyd. He knows. He can hear it. If anyone can hear Pink Floyd in this movie, it's Rafiki. 100%. Oh, he's definitely. attuned to the sinks. Yeah. Know? He's attuned to all, all sinks, all parts yeah. of the world. He's a, he's a very powerful mystic creature. Um, yeah. We like should him. get the fictional character Rafiki on the show. Oh, my he God. knows what sinks are way better than us. That'd be a huge get. I feel like yeah. we'd, we'd come away from that interview just changed better people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he'd sh- he knows us better than we know ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. He'd set us on the right path. Um I mean, it'd be a huge interview because cartoons will finally be real. That's kind of the biggest part of that. We're in a Roger Rabbit oh, situation. Yeah. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, and now we cut back to the boys again, Timon and Pumbaa singing um, In the Jungle. Um, the yes. Lion Sleeps Tonight. Another song that I thought that this movie invented, but no. <laughs> yeah. um, like another banger track, but no, this one's a real song outside of the yeah, movie this is the best part of the 2019 one is the performance of uh the lion sleeps tonight it's beautiful again billy nails the singing hell yeah and like all the little cgi animals will join in it's like really cool um like again it's like they could have just made that and it would have been fine they you would have been on board with the that whole movie yeah yeah um, I listen to that version like that's my go-to if I feel like listening to the lion sleeps tonight I'll put on wow. that version okay yeah um oh man it's hard to it's interesting that anything tops the original so that's pretty impressive yeah. um anyway uh pumba sneaks up on like a stag beetle getting a bit of grub on uh mm-hmm. over the time solo but is pounced on by nala returning um yeah who's out for a hunt and uh yeah simba r- runs in to protect his friend fights her off 
And then it's like, oh shit. And they realize who they are fighting each other. Um, and yeah, they sort of reunite and they're having an excited moment because Nala obviously thought that Simba was dead this whole time. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, they like catch up what Scar's taken over, we find out. And um, yeah, what else has he been saying behind Simba's back, you know? Um, but and Nala wants him to return and take up the mantle of king. Um, but Simba no longer wants the responsibility because of the guilt that he feels. Um, he's like, I can't, I can't measure up. Still can't measure up to his dad. And so it's like Scar would be a better father, better king than I would be, you know? So, mm. um, and yeah, they have like a private chat. They go off for a private chat together as um, we go into great gig for for this this falling in love song. Uh, can you feel the love tonight? I love that this song starts with like a refrain from Timon saying that their like trio is over. Such a yes. funny way to start a love song. <laughs> Just yeah. being like, ah, oh, shit, our friendship's over because our boy's fallen in love. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. This was like, I kind of like, obviously, because Can You Feel the Love Tonight is such a huge song. Yeah. That the most famous version, the Elton John version, obviously doesn't start with like, no. oh no, my boy's going to leave me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, this was when I rediscovered this cassette um, in high school and like started playing it all the time in my car and on my little boombox. Nice. Like, A, the cassette going three to one punch of Be Prepared, Hakuna Matata, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Holy shit. And then- End of side one, because there's no further songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. And then, like, also just, just, like, I can see what's happening. What? It's so fun to just sing along when you're, yeah. like, yeah. These lads. Just oh. pop your cassette on. Yeah. So, so good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Elton John, rolling on in. Um, we're mm. getting great gigs vocal instead for this. Um, so, bit bizarre having, of course, the lyrics coming through in, uh, as subtitles underneath. But, like- yeah. Still very emotional, probably the most emotional heightened part of the album. Um, mm. And so that it kind of works. It's not like a fantastic sync, but like I'm glad that it takes place here in the album as opposed to being like money or something. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's it's good. Um, yeah. It, in terms of what is happening on screen, it's just like two lions falling in love with each other, which is very <laughs> weird <laughs> looking yeah. back um but yeah it's you know but also like i mean it's a big amazing bit of empathy from um old mate timon to know like they're gonna fall in love when you yeah. know these people haven't seen each other in like i guess 20 lion years he just senses it yeah yeah and like there's nothing before that leading in that they're gonna fall in love other than the fact no. that they're betrothed yeah timon just knows he's he's yeah. figured it out you know he's a he's an empath <laughs> yeah Timon knows. Timon knows. That's true. That's his podcast. Yeah. He just talks about <laughs> all the prognosticates about like everything that he knows, you know. He's like, mm. Yes, I'm a very wise person. Are you come to me for advice. It's an advice show. Yeah. With Timon. And it always ends with him accurately guessing which two celebrities are gonna date next. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> That's what keeps yeah. you listening, you know. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. And, and then he's always right, so mm. <laughs> you know. Some argue that it's because he says it that the celebrities then get together. Whoa. Like, can you believe it? Timon thinks we should date. Timon Strodamus. <laughs> Impressive. Oh. Um, 
uh, yeah. Tamon knows on the Sink Floyd Network 2024. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Oh, man. Is it the Billy Eichner Timon or the um, the other Timon? Uh, it's got to be Nathan Lane. Yeah. The, the Nathan Lane Timon. But Billy Eichner also takes over, you know, does a few fill-in episodes when Timon's- okay. Special Timon's brain becomes too powerful and he yeah. has to take some time off. Yeah. None of his predictions become true. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, by sheer, by sheer, uh, just, it just happens. Coincidence. Um, mm. Anyway, um, this song, they, they do fall in love, but there's a rift between them still as Nala wants Simba to return to Pride Rock, the obligation for him to become king. Uh, but Simba refuses the call again. He can't, still can't, it, even through the song of them falling in love, they, this doesn't solve the problem. Um, mm. Can't measure up to his father. And so um, even when Nala's saying like scars take it, let the hyenas take over and the they're running out of food and water and things like that, like it, even left um, in such disarray, he cannot return because he feels like he wouldn't be able to fix it. Um, yeah, he, he instead is saying uh, he's living up to this Hakuna Matata mentality where it's like taken the wrong way, where he's like, there's nothing I can do about it. So why worry is his interpretation of the Hakuna Matata maxim. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is not what it's about, mate. It means no worries, <laughs> not why worry. Um Anyway, he's using it for the wrong reasons. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, Nala like leaves in a huff um, saying that like he was Simba was their only hope. Um, and yeah, that she he's not the, the Simba that she remembers. Very sad. Um, yeah, he can't go back. He can't change the past is what he says. Um, yeah. Yeah, we go into money and like Simba has like full like transition to Shakespeare mode. It's like yeah. speaking to the stars, um, ask, calling out to his dead father saying like cursing him for he says that you would always you said you'd always be there for me, but you're not there for me. And yeah, he blames himself for his father's death. Um, but Rafiki shows up in the tree like smiling over him and like being an annoying little monkey singing a wee song. <laughs> Love this guy. Um, yeah, this was a real, his little song about a squashed banana was a song they heard kids singing when they did research. Like they went to Africa to research for the movie. Cool. And it was L that and Hakuna Matata made it into the final script. That's sick. Oh man. What yeah. a good fact. I had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, he's just like, uh, being this annoying presence with Simba trying to have this like pensive moment to himself. Um, mm. and he's being very wise. Um, Simba asks him like who, who Rafiki is and the he's like, no, the question is who are you? You know? And, um, yeah, reveals, he reveals that he knows that Simba's Mufasa's son and mm. like a chase happens where he's like trying to like catch up to him as Rafiki's like flying through the old, um, jungle swinging on vines and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Simba's trying to like navigate these like tree roots and vines and stuff, trying to follow him and not get lost. Rafiki like says that like his, his father is still alive and points to, he like separates some like long grass and points down for Simba to look. And it's uh, a pool of water with um, Simba's face reflected in it. And he mm. says, um 
Rafiki tells him to like look harder into the pool and the, the reflection of Simba changes to that of his father's face. And he says, he lives on within you, <laughs> you know, his, the memory yeah. of his father continues on with his legacy, you see. Um, and yeah, we get uh, the the vision of Mufasa appearing in the clouds. This is another iconic uh Lion King moment with like oh, ghost yeah. specter dad <laughs> appearing yeah. um, in the clouds uh, in the stars, like made up out of them. It looks awesome. Um, he says that you've forgotten who you are. And so you have forgotten me. And um, he says, you are more than what you've become. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true King. Mm. Powerful words. Um, very cool. Weird with money playing over top. <laughs> yeah. The solo of money just roaring in over top of this. Bizarre, <laughs> but fine. But after this, uh, Simba realizes that he's being a fool and like he has to face his past. Um, he's standing in this uh, field and yeah, he says, yeah, going backward face means he has to face his past. And as like a great little list, like this is such a good moment in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um Rafiki like hits him on the head with his like stick <laughs> that he's got. <laughs> and um, he's like, ow. And he's like, it doesn't matter because that was in the past. And he says, it still hurts. And he says, yes, the past still hurts, but you can either run from it or you can learn from it. And that's up to you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, Rafiki. Right? Good, great lesson about learning from loss. Um, yeah. You can either like let it haunt you and let it control your life or you can learn from it and you can move on, which is, yeah, it's really good advice. <laughs> mm. This movie is so stacked that this great piece of advice that could be the centerpiece of any other movie um, is buried, like mm -hmm. is just like placed there next to the iconic scene of Cloud Mufasa. Yeah. And then like, you know, a couple minutes away from the Big Pig song. It's like, yeah, right. anyone, you could build a whole film of any of these ideas, but they're like, yeah, chuck them all in, spend it now. There'll always be more. So good. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, Simba returns, goes home um, with uh, Rafiki like screaming out in happiness as we go into like yeah. us and them he like hoots like a mandrel obviously but like mm. is very very stoked about this it's great <laughs> um and yeah uh we go back to the timon and pumba who are sleeping happily together yeah <laughs> timon's just like on pumba's belly <laughs> too cute <laughs> um and nala appears freaking them out um and then yeah rafiki tells them that the king has returned and they uh, interpret this that Simba's gone back to challenge Scar for the, the Lion King throne, you know. Yeah, very good. to be the eponymous Lion King. To be that Lion King. So, we see him racing home through the sand dunes and he sees the desolation that uh, Scar has wrought across the land, Gareth. Mm. Um, the balance of the circle of life destroyed. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sad, dark scenes of um, Pride Rock surrounded by desert. Um, not the lush scene we saw in the intro. Um, yeah. And yeah, Nala catches up to Simba here and says that they, um, uh, like, says, he's like, she's like, finally cottoned on, have you, basically. <laughs> to him, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's here to front up and face what he needs to face and Timon and Pumbaa come along and say that they'll help out too. 
They're like, it matters to you, kids. So we've got you. We're, we're backing you. Um, yeah, good lads. Um, and then, yeah, uh, there's a clean as hell sink here as um, we are in us and them. And um, yeah. we cut to the, like the second verse where um, Pink Floyd is singing black and blue as um, these like storm clouds are rolling in to Pride Rock. It's like, it's just the perfect sync uh, with the cut. And it's really nice. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and Simba runs in slow-mo across a desert, which is like the first kind of like Pink Floydian moment as well. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe if this film was in slow motion, it would be sinking a little better. Maybe. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's-, that's a different show. <laughs> slow-mo Floyd. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. yeah. So the plan, Tim and uh, t- Tim, Timon. And Pumba are going to be <laughs> Tim, Tim on <laughs> Tim on are going to create a diversion to distract the hyenas away from the area. They do this like funny little song and dance with Timon doing the hula. Um, quite bizarre. Uh, yeah. Uh, very fun though. And uh, Nala goes to gather the other lionesses, and Simba goes to confront Scar. Um. Scar himself up on Pride Rock doing the whole king thing. Um, audience of uh, hyenas below him. Um, Simba's mother um, is brought, brought before him. And uh, yeah, reports she reports that the herds of wildebeest have moved on and that there's like nothing left and they have to, they will be forced to leave Pride Rock. Um, and he's like, no, we're not doing that. And she says that, that, uh, Scar's leadership has sentenced them all to death mm. and she scolds him and says that he's half the, isn't half the king that Mufasa was. And yeah, he like strikes her down. It's just, you know, classic royal bickering. <laughs> Sad mm-hmm. scenes. Um, and yeah, but Sim- this is Simba's grand return. Um, I love that like he enters here to check on his mum after she gets hit and then like Scar briefly thinks that it's Mufasa returned from the dead. Um, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's so Shakespeare-y, you know. Yeah. Um, the ghosts of my past. Exactly, yeah. Just come back to haunt him. And yeah, uh, but no, it's Simba and he says, ah, I'm surprised to see you alive. And like he slinks around trying to like... Uh, like say saying that like Simba's here to re- retake the throne, but he cannot abdicate because the the hyenas think that he is in charge. Um, and yeah, the Nala returns with the backing of the like the other lionesses, saying Simba is the rightful king. Mm-hmm. And Simba like challenges Scar to either step down or fight. And Scar's like, ah, oh, what does it have to come to to violence? Um, or should I reveal what happened on that fateful day, Simba? And yeah, he says, uh, that it was, um, Simba who was responsible for Mufasa's death and Simba owns it. He owns up to it. Um, yeah. very powerful because in, in Simba's mind, he is responsible for, for his father's death. Uh, Scar told him as much, you know? Um, yeah. 
And yeah, uh, Scar calls him a murderer, like circling around him and like backing him towards the edge of Pride Rock. It's like it's like a literal backing him into the, this corner, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, very dramatic. Uh, backs him over the edge, and Simba is dangling uh, above. Uh, the grass below is set on fire by a stray lightning bolt from this um, <laughs> storm that is rolling in. Very dramatic. Suspended yeah. above the flames. Um, Total like Deus Ex Machina, but like yeah. it looks cool. It looks sick. Um, yeah. yeah, very, very dramatic. And yeah, it's it's the same scenes. Like Simba is now dangling in the same way that his father was mm. in front of Scar. And Scar does the same thing. He like digs his claws into Simba's paws and grand reveal whispers that he was the one that killed Mufasa right as we go into any color you like. And then, yeah, like not sure how it's not clear. This is the least clear part of the movie, but um, Simba like learning this news, like gets like a burst of strength and like leaps back up onto the, the top of pride rock and pins scar down demanding that he tell them all the truth like it's just the surge of the truth flying into i guess empower him um yeah it's all his insect protein yeah that that muscle strength Mm. from eating at timon and pumba's cafe um (laughs) it is wild like how quickly things turn around for scar like so fast Scar has everyone thinking simba's a murderer yeah and including simba and like has Simba dangling off into f- above flames. Yeah, all could go well, but he immediately decides to give up the big secret. Yeah, and and it's all yeah, over from there. Thirty seconds. He yeah. gloats. He gloats, and that's his downfall. You know, yeah. he could have let the secret die with um with Simba, but no, too prideful, yeah. and that's his downfall. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vice versa, if we're killing the king. Yeah. Don't gloat. No gloating. Um, <laughs> the classic regicide <laughs> rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the hyenas attack Simba to protect Scar and there's a battle between the lionesses and the hyenas. And Timon and Pumbaa come in and bravely fend them off as well. They're getting mm-hmm. involved. The little meerkat and warthog team up. Love it. These little boys. Um even Rafiki getting amongst using like some Krav Maga kind of stuff. Yeah, very feels very ahead of its time in a like not a great way <laughs> to just have every character's real good at fighting in your yeah. animated feature. Classic. Like it feels like something in the post Shrek era. Really. Oh yeah, actually, very mm. much so. At least this isn't like a direct reference to like Crouching Hot Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or something like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, not quite that level. Um, Rafiki doing the Matrix. Yeah, right. Like it could yeah. well have been that if there was such a thing to reference at the time, but mm. yeah, thankfully not. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Timon gets like uh, scared and chased into the little cage with Zazu. Um, yeah. Which I love because Zazu's like, let me out, let me out. And Timon's like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but the hyenas like uh, tormenting them in this little cage. And Pumbaa comes in and has like a hero moment <laughs> saying, they call me Mr. Pick. Mm-hmm. Charges them down. Classic like Looney Tunes kind of stuff. 
with like yeah although i guess if we've just said about like how oh thank god the rafiki thing isn't a reference to a movie kids won't get as he does do a are you talking to me kind of he does yeah yeah Yeah. like taxi driver (laughs) reference really weird um anyway oh man i just they just can't help themselves in the in the 90s you know nah yeah Ah, oh, just they have to get these references in. It's, there's only this one that I can think of, right? Like, mm. like Timon yeah. is probably the character most likely to do these, Timon and Pumbaa. But like, they are sparse. Mostly, they're just doing like bits, like old kind of like two stand-ups together, rather than like direct referential humor. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The start. The start. Yeah, of this the is the start. Humor. Yeah, yeah. You're mm. right. Um, yeah. Uh, so during this battle, Scar tries to like sneak away from the fray, um, but is followed to by Simba. Uh, we see that more of like Pride Rock is like caught ablaze. The whole mm. area is on fire for this final confrontation. Um, yeah. Uh, Scar like begs for mercy, um, under Simba, uh, Simba says that he doesn't deserve to live brutal, but he won't yeah. kill Scar. He gives him the same ultimatum that Scar gave him. He says, like, run away and never return. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but Scar, like, does the underhanded villain thing, kicking up some embers into Simba's eyes. And then they have a big slow motion fight over brain damage. <laughs> Yeah, um, just two lions battling it out over <laughs> fire in the background. Hell yeah! Um, and yeah, like does like a reversal and kicks Scar uh, off the cliff, who tumbles down, survives. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, also previously I skipped over a little tiny bit, but um, when Scar was begging for mercy, he says that he blames he blames the hyenas, saying that it was all their idea and he didn't want to do any of this. He's just following their orders, you know, um, mm. underhanded little Which weasel. Which was the original script. The original really? script had the hyenas masterminding at all. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I'm glad that they switched it, honestly. Scar is the, yeah, the main sure. villain, like, being this, like, little weasel at the end, I think, is much better. Um, and, yeah. He gets kicked down to the bottom of the cliff and the, the hyenas um, have been betrayed by him in that moment. And so they, they take care of him. They maul him to death, <laughs> effectively. We don't see it. Yeah. It's just done in shadow. But whew, <laughs> pretty brutal. Like, mm. it's not like Simba that did the, the killing, but yikes. <laughs> yeah. But there's an amazing part with Ed going into like an evil focused laugh. Mm. Which is so cool. Yeah. Very, very good drama. Yeah. Uh, as more and more like of the um of the hyenas circle in and close in on Scar. His like his laugh becoming like cognizant. <laughs> oh mm. scary. Um Yeah. Uh so yeah, Pride Rock is ablaze, but it is it is put out by these rains coming in. The storm settles properly and puts the fires out um at the end here. And yeah, um, Again, there's no words, I think, for the rest of the movie um, yeah. from here on. It's just um, all done in silence. I think Rafiki says one thing. Um, like, he says, like, I think it is, it is time, he says again. Um, oh, of course. We're not in time this time. 
No, but, dang it, Rafiki, you're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he like indicates to the top of the rock and Simba, like in the pouring rain, um, climbs back up to the top of Pride Rock and lets out a roar. Um, yeah. yeah. Very dramatic. Very like, um, oh God. Uh, no, I can't remember. That movie where the guy <laughs> escapes prison. <laughs> you know the one. Oh, Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> yeah, Shawshank Redemption. The triumphant <laughs> calling out in the rain kind of thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Probably similar time. Actually, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I just watched, I remember I watched both those movies one Christmas day. <laughs> oh, Shawshank Redemption so. into Lion King? Uh, other way around, yeah. All right. They're, They're both, both on um, TV too. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Both yeah. uh, came out in 1994. So. No way. There you go. Oh. Um, so, definitely same kind of time. Um, yeah, something was in the psyche that wanted to see people scream in the rain. Yeah. Lion King shortly before. So, maybe Shawshank Redemption ripped it off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's such a big shot to set up. You're not going to have seen Lion King in cinema, then rush out to yeah. film him in the rain. A good year for dramatic calling out in the rain, though. Like, <laughs> you got to say. Uh, yeah, so not much movie left. Um, we just get sort of a reprise of um, of the circle of life um, as the nature returns um, to, like, the, the greenery is restored over the, over the landscape over time. Um yeah and we see like we get the see you on the dark side of the moon call out um as part of brain damage when this greenery returns which is nice Mm. um Mm. good little bookend for the movie um and yeah uh we see that the animals have gathered once again for another celebration as nala and simba have had a cup together continuing the circle you see um and Mm. yeah rafiki holds this new child up into the air and we get the title card again which is just such a sick little thing like yeah. so smart to put it twice both are in the same like a reprise of the same sequence um yeah immediately creating like a nostalgia for the start of the film fucking good stuff that's great mm. filmmaking you know mm. yeah so me at three years old obviously i didn't know how to be in a cinema i didn't know what you were supposed to do at this point, I was like, you know, what's going on here? Why are they showing the start of the film again? And then I was like, that's not Mufasa, that's Simba. It's a circle, that's baby. Nala. It's a circle of life. So I yelled out to my dad, <laughs> Simba's a daddy. And that is also now famous in my family as something people say to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Mm. Oh, my God. Wow. How that saying, that innocent... Uh, child, childish exclamation, Gareth. How that has shifted in meaning <laughs> over time. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And when um, Donald Glover got cast as uh, Simba in the remake, I was like, Simba's a daddy. Simba's a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Wowee. <laughs> but like the way that's twisted, even in my family, is the story is now Gareth yelled out Simba's a daddy, and everyone in the audience didn't get it either, and they started whispering Simba's a daddy. <laughs> Like, to each other. So, like, the way it'll go in my family is someone will say Simba's a daddy and then other people will start whispering, Simba's a daddy, Simba's a daddy, Simba's a daddy. That boy is right. Simba's a daddy. Ruthless. There you go. You started the trend. You started the movement, Gareth. Yeah. There you go. It's probably my fault they made a remake with Donald Glover, you know? Well, you know. Like, people are saying he's a daddy. (laughs) 
<laughs> People are saying he's a daddy. We need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh. So, title card drop right on us going in, into Eclipse for mm. these for these credits. So, basically, two straight playthroughs um, of, of the album. Pretty damn close yeah. to. Um, which is pretty pretty sick. Pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, with, with the- um, Oh, sorry. What did you think? How did it sink? With the- um, <laughs> With the, uh, like, the dramatic turn in the movie, obviously, right at the center happening right mm. at the end of playthrough one and then going into playthrough two for the end of the movie is is really sick, like, structurally, I think. Like, pretty mm. impressive in terms of syncs, right? But yeah, because anyway. when you rewatch this movie, you do realize it is a movie of two halves. Yeah, So, to sure. see Pink Floyd hitting that as well. And I mean, nothing's going to top Rafiki saying it's time when time starts. <laughs> he knew. How did uh, he know? Uh, so all of that, like, there was a shame there weren't just more sinks in between. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I'm feeling like maybe a six out of ten. Yeah, I think pretty good. Pretty good. Mm. Above average. Um, yeah. Yeah. Happy with a six for The Lion mm. King. Cool. Yeah. Oh. We'll check with Rafiki and then we'll... We'll post that into the system. <laughs> Always check with our- Always check with Rafiki before you mark a sync on a graph. With our guiding mandrel. Podcast <laughs> mandrel, Rafiki. Yeah. Oh, the mandrel of our mantra. <laughs> oh. Mandrel of the mic. Yeah. Oh, oh. let's become rappers. Oh, I like or that. We'll use our mics. For the next episode of this show. Hey, that's probably a better idea. Yeah, and it's my pick. Mm -hmm. And look, we had it all lined up. We were going to finally do an iconic, like, 1960s-ish, I think, yeah, 1960s sci-fi movie. Yeah. That people have been wanting us to do. But then it happened, James. This what? bloody film has come out. Oh. It has been, I literally had never heard of this film before, and I saw a poster for it. A poster that dared to have the tagline, in 2022, humanity will face the dark side of the moon. Whoa, okay. What are we supposed to do with that? We're not supposed- we can't just let that slide. No. Films are out there baiting us. They're trying to get that Sink Floyd bump now. A film has been dared to be made with that as its tagline. Holy shit. Also, same director as Independence Day. Oh, No. Which was one of our only 10 out of 10s. So, of course, we're going to have to be sinking next week. Moonfall 2022. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of this movie? <laughs> I think I have. I think I've seen uh, one of those, you know how they do the trailers on YouTube mm. ads, which are condensed to only five seconds in length. I think oh, I've yeah. seen one of those and that's about it. <laughs> so... Oh, I'm excited to finally yeah. figure out what's going on with Moonfall. <laughs> Moonfall. Will it fall? Uh, Who's to say? I don't know. Will we fall in love with Moonfall? Find out. Or will we give our listeners a bloody Moonfall of it? No. Oh. There's one way to find out. And while you wait, you can, you know, you can t chat to Sink Floyd about, I don't know, how your week's going in between the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen. And you can do that at sinkfloydpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us, sinkfloydpod on Twitter. You can look at all the movies ranked in a beautiful list on our letterbox at Sink Floyd. 
And yeah, until the moon, let the moon fall, let the sky fall. Who's to say? Mm. Until then, I've been Gareth Balling Boy Beggar. <laughs> I've been James Timon and Pumbaa. Boy <laughs> Baron. <laughs> I'm both. And we'll see you on the dark side of the moon. On the dark side of the moon. Goodbye. Be prepared. <laughs> I didn't do it because I don't think I could do a rendition that would be any good, <laughs> any com- any comparable uh, level to the actual songs in Lion King. Yeah. So I was like, you nah. didn't want to throw out your voice and have no, um, Jim Cummings replace you on the show. That could well have happened, Gareth. It's going yeah. if you <laughs> if you've been paying attention. I'm like losing it. So, Uh-oh. yeah. See ya. See you, listeners. <laughs> Bye. Bye.